0: Prometheus brings fire to humanity. You probably remember the story from Greek mythology. Uh, The story goes like this. Zeus, the chief god, he is on Mount Olympus reigning, and he decides not to share fire with the world, not to bless us with fire. And the simple reason why he does this is because basically he's not too concerned about us not too concerned about our well-being. But Prometheus, he sees us, he sees humanity, he sees our suffering, and he takes pity on us. And so, he goes to Mount Olympus, he steals fire, and he brings it to us. Uh, And he is later punished by Zeus for doing this. So, in the story, the gods do not want to sh- give us fire, does not, do not want to share it with us, and therefore, if we're going to have it, it has to be taken. Now, I remind us of this story because I think this story reflects how we often think about our relationship with God, kind of a, a default way of thinking about how we interact with God. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look at most religious systems, religious philosophies, what you find is this this belief that God, at the end of the day, doesn't really care about us. We're not His primary concern. And God isn't too concerned about giving us, therefore, what we desire. So, if we're going to get what we want from God, that means we have to take the initiative. We have to, in a sense, take it from Him. God or the gods, they have to be prayed to. They have to be sacrificed to. You have to get down on your knees and beg God for what you want. In this view, God is distant. He's a little reluctant. You've got to take initiative. And if you do these things... Maybe, just maybe, if you, if you pray hard enough, if you're morally good enough, if you show enough de- deference to God, maybe you will get what you want from Him. But you know, the Bible. the Bible flips this idea upside down, and this is what makes the teaching of the Bible so subversive, because the Bible tells the story not of our quest for God. That is not the biblical story. No, the biblical story is about God's quest for us. It's the story of the shepherd seeking out the lost sheep. The Bible is not the story of us begging God for His love and grace. No, instead, it's the story of God getting down on His knees and begging us to accept Him. Now, we see this in our readings today, specifically our readings from Isaiah and Matthew. So, i want to look at these two readings. So, let's start with Isaiah. Uh, our passage from Isaiah, it, it speaks of King Ahaz. Uh, king Ahaz, in this passage, he is a young, inexperienced king. He is king of Judah, so that's the southern kingdom of Israel, and Ahaz finds himself in a very difficult situation. Here's what's happened. In, in the previous chapters, I spell out this story. You've got two kings. You've got the king of Damascus, and you've got the king of Samaria. And they have come to King Ahaz because these two other kings, they want to join with Ahaz, build this alliance, and attack Assyria because Assyria at this point is the power player In the Middle East. And they know, the king of Damascus and the the king of Samaria, they know that if they're going to attack Assyria, they need Ahaz's help. They need the resources of his kingdom, the resources of his people. So they they go to him, they ask for his help, and Ahaz says no, he's not going to join them for this fight. And so these two kings then decide to overthrow Ahaz. Right, this, this young, inexperienced king, they're going to come with their armies, overthrow him. They'll put a puppet king in place of Ahaz, and this new king will join them in their fight against Assyria. So that's, that's the context. And we're told that when Ahaz hears about these two armies, these two kings coming to overthrow him, he is frightened to death, and all the people are frightened. And so it's into this fear, into this confusion, uh, that the prophet Isaiah comes. And the prophet Isaiah tells Ahaz, it's going to be okay. Trust in God. God will protect you. God loves you. He's for you. And then we're given this, this statement, and this is where our passage begins. It says, Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. And it's interesting, the writer makes a point. It's the Lord speaking through Isaiah here. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. Ask a sign of God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. In other words, God is saying to Ahaz, Listen, I I understand that you're worried and concerned about this situation, so ask me for a sign. And and by the way, make this sign extravagant. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. I want you to dream big. All right, Ahaz? Make a big ask here, a big sign. That way I can perform this sign and you can trust in it and trust in me. But look at what Ahaz says to this invitation, this generous invitation from God. Ahaz says, no. He says, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. God is saying to Ahaz, Ahaz, I want you to move out of the narrow space of what you can imagine or expect. I want you to open yourself to the amazing things that I can do for you. And by the way, God is not demanding Ahaz do something in order to get this blessing, this sign. No, He says, Ahaz, dream, be extravagant, go crazy. But you see, the problem is, and this is the key, it is not that God is reluctant to give, but that Ahaz is reluctant to ask. It's not that God hesitates to give him grace, but that Ahaz Hesitates to receive it. And the great thing about this story is God then says, All right, you're not going to ask for it. Well, I'm going to give you the sign anyway. That's how gracious I am. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, that wonderful name. God is with us. Ahaz, God is with you. Now, did Ahaz fully understand this sign? Well, well, no, of course not. It is true that those two kings did not ever attack Ahaz. God protected him. But it would be many centuries before this sign was fully understood. So with that, let's, let's move to our reading from Matthew. Let's fast forward about 700 years. And Matthew takes us to the small town of Nazareth in Galilee. And he takes us into the simple home of Joseph, a carpenter who's engaged to be married to Mary. Now, what we find is that Joseph has just received some devastating news. Mary, who he's supposed to be wed to in just a short while, she has been found to be pregnant, evidently by another man, because that's generally how these things work. Now, the passage, it doesn't tell us Joseph's feelings, but I don't think it's too hard to figure out how he felt. The woman who he loves has betrayed him, chosen another man over him. The life he was planning, it's no more. You know, as a carpenter, you can Imagine Joseph Joseph is probably fixing up the house, maybe adding on a room as he envisions his future with Mary. But that future is gone now. He would be humiliated. And, And to make matters worse, if the Jewish law was followed, Mary, who he still loved, would be stoned to death. And that's why we're told that he wants to put her away quietly. He still loves her, he doesn't want any harm to come to her." In other words, this young man, often we think of Joseph as an older man, but there's nothing in the Bible that says he's old, this young man is beleaguered, just like King Ahaz. Just like Ahaz, his future is in jeopardy. But what we're told is that in the night, God brings him a sign, and it's a sign uh, that's greater than he could have imagined. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And what we need to see is that Joseph does not respond like Ahaz no, his response is very, very different. Joseph, he is able to open himself to the marvel that God wants to give him. That God, through his wife, would bring a child into the world, a child who would save his people. Joseph was in despair, but then God shows up. and God opens up this whole new future for him, a future that Joseph could never have dreamed of a future of meaning and purpose and grace. And Joseph, he opened himself to that future. You know, the example of Prometheus that I started the sermon with, uh, this example comes from Thomas Merton, uh, from one of his books called The New Man. He has a chapter on Prometheus. And what Merton argues is he says that the fundamental problem with religion is Promethean theology. That's his phrase, Promethean theology. The belief that if we want anything from God, we're going to have to take it from Him. And that's because God doesn't want to bless us. The belief that to get anything from God, we're going to have to earn it, have to achieve it ourselves. That, Merton says, is the fundamental problem with religion. And then he says this, and I want to read this paragraph. It's really good. But listen to what Merton says. He writes, "...salvation belongs to the order of love, of freedom, and of giving. It is not ours if it is conquered, only if it is freely received as it is freely given." All that God gives me becomes, in some way, my own self. What then is mine? He is mine. And what is His? I am His. But when this becomes clear, there is no place left in the picture for anything resembling Prometheus. All our strange ideas of conflict with God are born of the war that is within ourselves. We are not fighting God. We are fighting ourselves. God in His mercy seeks to bring us peace, to reconcile us with ourselves and to Him. He says we are not fighting God. We are fighting ourselves. These two passages from Isaiah and Matthew. You see why? Why these passages are given to us the Sunday before Christmas? Well, it's because the whole purpose of Advent is to prepare, to prepare for exactly what was promised to Ahaz, Emmanuel, to prepare for exactly what was promised to Joseph, Jesus. The same thing is promised to us, this Christ, this Son of God, this Jesus who will save us from our sins, God with us, are we open enough? Can we dream big enough to receive this incredible gift from God?